3: What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're for another episode of The Real Hauntings Podcast. Kat and JJ are taking one more week off to enjoy all their post-wedding bliss but i do have some really awesome people here tonight i've got katherine yeah. you know her she is the intuitive psychic medium that is kind enough to join and co-host with us time to time katherine how are you doing tonight
1: i'm doing so well and as you know always so happy to be back on real Hungry. so thanks for having me again
3: yeah absolutely we're so happy to have you here and as always you can check Catherine out on Instagram at katherine.ann.intuitive. Don't fall for any of the imposters because they will come after you. Uh, That's when you know you're popular and you're doing something right, I suppose. Make sure you check out her podcast, Murder and Mediumship. Tonight we do have a return guest that has some new stories to talk about and some possible awakenings uh, in the spirit realm to talk about as well. Jenna Black is back. God, I am corny. All the way from Australia. She has been working with Catherine some and has had some other things happen that she uh, wants to come on the podcast to talk about. Jenna, thank you so much for coming back on Real Hauntings.
2: Oh my gosh, Noah. Thank you so much for having me back. This is so exciting.
3: Yeah, of course. You're one of the OGs. Always welcome around these parts. How is Australia? You're still still over or down under over there. Yeah. I don't know how technically I refer to that. Still singing? Everything going good?
2: Still singing. Everything's going great. And like it's just, just really fantastic. Yeah. Everything is just kind of falling into place. And I think that, um, you know, Catherine and I haven't really talked since I wrapped up um, some sessions. Was well, been like maybe about a month ago or so, but um, yeah, so I'm excited to maybe share with her a little bit about what's going on. And um, it was a life changer working with Catherine, honestly.
3: Wow. That's a Highly high praise. Well, Jenna, you were on a while ago and Famously told some stories that I still think about time to time, especially the one regarding the spirit or ghost that was in the backseat of your car. Um, <laughs> I think that would scare the absolute crap out of me if that happened. And yeah, so that that's happened. You've you stayed in Australia, you were obviously extremely curious about the supernatural, and you're somebody who is sensitive to that world. So you reached out to a medium, you reached out to Catherine and and kind of take us on that journey where your life has gone since then.
2: Yeah. So I feel like this year I've really just like flown out of the broom closet. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> I'm embracing it. I'm embracing all the woo. Like I, yeah, I just feel like I'm out of the closet. Um, And I just felt like I used to censor myself a lot and kind of not necessarily turn off my empathic abilities but you know you definitely have to have your shields up but with working with Catherine I feel like I've been able to establish some very healthy boundaries not only with people but with you know spirits and and all that stuff as well and so once those boundaries were established and and it's a it's a work in progress it's not like oh it's done yay they're up then the the there's not as much fear of the supernatural like it's not scary it's just it is what it is Um, or there's no fear about intuition. In fact, you know, Catherine has helped me sort out, you know, intuition versus anxiety, which is so important because I think, you know, all of us are parents here. And even if you're not a parent, you have these fleeting moments of like, Oh my God, if I get in the car today, it's going to crash. Okay. Well, is that anxiety or is that intuition? Like, what does it feel like? What does it sound like? And so, yeah, the the stories that I'm coming on today with actually happened a while back when I was still in Texas. But as you will come to hear, they're very personal and not, you know, not something that I share a lot. And
3: yeah, you'll figure out why. <laughs> when was the last time you were in the States?
2: Um, we were actually back there. October 21 through uh, February, uh, sorry, January, early January of 22.
3: Okay, it's so yeah. fascinating to hear your accent because you've mm-hmm. been in Australia for a while. And while you know, I can still hear the American accent in you, it certainly like drifts. And I, I just, I don't I love accents. I, I, I just absolutely adore them. And it's so fun to hear you kind of come in and out of that. But so you, you've been doing these courses and, and Catherine, When you started working with Jenna, are you able to tell pretty quick, hey, this is somebody who might really be able to take my course, work with me and really run with it?
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm not sure if it's an intuitive thing or if it's checking the boxes, but it's absolutely you're able to tell who's going to take it seriously and dive really into the work. Because what she's talking about, um, even coming out of like the, the broom closet, as you said it, it's the idea of it's okay to take up space which is something that she and I really worked on. And it's something that a lot of intuitives kind of learn to be hush-hush about what they're doing or what they see or what they feel. And they're afraid to show that of themselves. And when you spend so much time hiding a big piece of who you are, it's hard, it's hard to show up in every facet of your life. So one of the biggest things that we work on, and, and this is beyond just like an intuitive development, this is more of like a, a private, like mentorship type of thing, but. It's, it's okay to take up space and show up exactly as you are, not to be who people expect you to be, which again, with Jenna's background in theater, that's another thing, always pretending to be someone else. And you can connect with that with the, the comedy as well. When you have to be authentically you, that can be scary. So that's one of the first things that you connect with. Is this person willing to do their work or are they looking to say that they took a program and now they're so much better without having had actually gone through any of the work and that also comes from working with people who you've seen actively take hold and then kind of just go through the motions and you, you kind of get the hang of what to look for. That answers your question. Yeah,
3: I think so. And, and Jenna, as you mentioned, you had a personal supernatural story to share. I mean, this um, sounds, I was going back and looking over the email you sent to me. It sounds like a pretty, maybe a nefarious spirit. Can you tell us a little bit about what transpired?
2: Yeah, sure. So this was back in undergrad, um, a little just a few years ago, <laughs> and um, I was I was going into my third year of college. So um, and I was in student housing before that, and I was really looking to sort of break away. But of course, you know, living off campus was going to be more expensive. Uh, But my voice teacher at the time had a friend that lived in downtown San Antonio, and they have this little sort of guest quarters, it used to be the servants quarters, it's by the military base down in San Antonio. And um, I think I got this place for like $230 a month. And that included um, heat electricity, I just had to pay for phone and cable. So I mean, it was like, it was a bargain. And I walked back there to with, you know, my um the landlady's name, her name was Connie. And they had two adopted sons, you know, just kind of, you know, tuck that away. Um, and I I was touring the house with her and I was walking around and I kind of got this this weird feeling. And I was like, did anything out of the ordinary happen here? And she goes, "Hmm, No, not that I can think of. I was like, all right, okay, cool. So (laughs) pack that away too. Um so I move in, like it's already pretty much furnished. It was sweet. Like it was my own place. And what happened was uh, you walk, you know, to the backyard of this property and uh, you walk straight into the kitchen. There's a screen door, a regular door. You walk straight into the kitchen. To the right is a bedroom. To the left is the living room. And there were just door frames. There weren't any actual doors, but just you know, normal door size frames going into each of the rooms. Um, And while I was down there, of course, like undergrad, I don't know, I found my people and I was continuing to find my people and I was experimenting with um, sort of uh, Celtic magic and all that that fun stuff. And so Halloween was coming up and I invite my friend, John. We uh, we like became best buds in undergrad invite him over for like a halloween ritual where the veil is thin and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And so um I can't remember the exact spell that we did but we basically were like we opened ourselves up to blah 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 which is a really stupid thing to do like I had no no boundaries whatsoever and we didn't know what we were doing but you know we were having fun. And um there was also so we were in the living room when we were doing this and there was a door to the outside that was in the living room but it it had been sealed shut so it was a non-functional door it was dark outside um and also raccoons lived under the house so sometimes when i was taking a bath and it was um it was a bathtub where your back is kind of on a slant so you're you're propped up a little bit the raccoons would be fighting under the bathtub. And so I felt like I was like getting this massage, you know? Oh my was, gosh. Like... <laughs> so as I was taking- The massage... jacuzzi tub. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, sorry, I wanted to note the raccoons, um, that kind of comes into play, but anyway, so, you know, they would fight under the house, but it was always under the house. It was never like outside at the door or anything like that. So we're doing like this ritual, we're opening ourselves up. And we're setting our intentions for the following year. And my intention was, I want to become a famous opera singer. And my friend's intention was, I want to find the love of my life. So we're like, okay, cool. So we set the intention. Pretty soon after, there's like this scratching that starts on the door to the living room, the one that doesn't function. And so we're like, what the actual fuck? And so. Scratching, you know, kind of keeps going for a little bit, and I, um, it was probably like thirty seconds, but it felt like a really long time. And then the scratching moves over to the front door, the kitchen, the one that actually works. And he goes, "Should I go open the door?" And I was like, "Fuck no, that's always <laughs> what we do in horror movies. Like, it always ends up terribly, right?" So the scratching ultimately stopped, and. I can't really remember. Like there were no supernatural highlights other than.
3: I thought like the monkey paw was gonna appear and you guys were gonna start making wishes or something.
2: (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) So um, so that was like one of the little things that happened. And also in that house, the stereo would kind of turn. You know, that was of course the old stereo where you had to turn the knob to get the the channel to change. Or, um, you know, like if you had a multiple CD player, like a five discs player, then you had to press a button to actually turn it and Mm -hmm. it didn't do it by itself. Although sometimes it did in this place. So, you know, the, the radio would do that. And I just, I kind of talked it up to, you know, maybe it just being the wind blowing, et cetera. But no, I think I mentioned before when when i would move into a new place or whatever i say hi my name is jenna i'm going to be living here for a while if you want to talk to me great just don't do it while i'm sleeping or in the bathroom (laughs) so you know when i moved in i had said that um i started dating this guy at the time and you know we were we were in a committed relationship as far as i was concerned and um and so this is going to get really really personal right um so as i was on the pill you know birth control covered yes and for some but for some stupid reason i decided that i was going to go down and buy a pregnancy test stupid right i don't know why like there there would have been no chance well (laughs) i guess like 0.1 chance or something like that catherine's like you never know (laughs) so um so you know because we we were active but being cautious um And one morning I got up and I decided I was going to take a pregnancy test, even though like I wasn't late or anything like that, take a pregnancy test. And I get two lines and I was what like, I was 19, 20 years old. Right. So put things into perspective, undergrad, you know, pretty promising in what I was studying and, and all that stuff. So, and this guy, you know, like he wasn't the love of my life. And I knew that I wasn't the love of his life. Um, so I call him after the first pregnancy test and I'm like, you've got to get over here. Like, I got (laughs) it. We need to talk about something. And I call the hotline on the, on the test pamphlet. And I was like, I just have like a faint line. He's like, congratulations, you're pregnant. I'm like, "Mm, yeah, not really.
3: (laughs) What a weird job. Like who works that hotline? It's like, I know.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I know that you don't know that I'm 19, 20 years old, and like, whatever. Um, so as a double pack pregnancy test, I take the other test, and the same result comes out. So it wasn't like just a fluke. So at the time, like, I believe in a woman's right to choose. I think it's very important. Uh, like I said at the time, handling a child when I was child myself in my mind, and you know, I knew that. that wasn't an option for me. and um you know, thank goodness thank goodness it was then because that was you know that happened in Texas. <laughs> so we went down, I get some blood work done because they were like, we're gonna do a blood pregnancy test that'll give us a better idea of how far along you are, et cetera, and I couldn't have been that far along. And so that night they're, they're like, we're going to do the procedure tomorrow. So come back tomorrow. We'll do the procedure. I said, okay, that I went home and I was like, I am going to hell. I'm killing a human, you know, all the things that go along with deciding whether or not you're going to keep a pregnancy. The next day I went down, um, my legs were up on the table, ready to do the thing. The doctor comes in, he goes, congratulations, you're not pregnant. And I was like, yeah. you know, in the stirrups, I'm like, what the fuck? Why am I here? What's going on? Um, so, you know, I had mentally gone through the process of doing it and then gone in for a procedure that didn't end up happening or that I didn't end up needing. So fast forward about eight months or so, my friend, John was uh, having a difficult time at home. So he decided to move in with me and my cat. And um, he started working at a cafe down the road. And he comes home one day, he goes, Jenna, do you know what happened here? I said, what? He said, a woman shot herself in the head in our bedroom. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I clearly asked Connie, if anything, out of the ordinary. I mean, in my opinion, that's out of the ordinary.
3: I hope it is. Out of the
2: ordinary. (laughs) So after that, like, you know, he just told me what he had heard. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe you live in that house. This is what happened in that house. So I went to Connie a couple days later and I said, um, I said, I'm going to ask you again. Did anything out of the ordinary happen in that house? And she said, well, yes. She said the the organization through which we adopted our boys, they had two adopted children that were through open adoption. so they um, they're able to, you know, see their birth parents, et cetera, et cetera, should the birth parents choose, and vice versa. What they would do um is allow women that had given up children to come and stay in that house for free to try to, you know, get their feet back on the ground, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, to be around kids and anyway, there's a perfect, you know, sort of rehabilitation house, if you want to say it that way. Um, so apparently the family, Connie and her family were on vacation. They had a, a lady staying in the, in the house in the back that had given up one or Multiple children to open adoptions. And she took a gun and shot herself in the head in the bedroom while they were away. And by the time Connie said that by the time they came back, everything was cleaned up, you know, there, were, there was no cleaned up, there was no blood spatter, you know, everything was taken care of. And she goes, So that happened, but she's not there anymore. And I said, Yes, she is. She is still there. So I really think that what I took from that was she's still hanging around and being like, look, girl, don't fuck up your life. I'm going to make sure that you get perspective on what you're doing here. And don't, don't end up like me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How long after that did you um, and your boyfriend last? Probably another eight months or so. Probably oh, okay. six, eight months. But I didn't, I didn't live there. I decided to move out. My friend, John moved in.
3: (laughs) Hmm. Other than inferring or, you know, your intuition, filling in kind of the gaps for you there. Did you ever see any apparitions or hear any apparitions or anything of that nature?
2: No, no, I never heard, you know, I never saw any apparitions. I never heard any auditory indications of like a voice or anything like that. But Apparently, when um, when John was living there, he liked to listen to Cheryl Crow. And he did have like a, a five disc a player. Um, and he said that that thing would just turn and turn and turn and turn and turn that you you know you had to press the button to make the discs go around and he said one morning he was in the shower. And I guess, you know, it had already been spinning before he got in the shower and he was just like, whatever, because he's like that kind of a person. And um, he said a Cheryl Crow song came on and I'm not familiar with this, but it's something like she was born in 1963 and she died in, and then that's when the song ended.
3: What? No,
1: thank you. Yeah. No. <laughs> the yeah. worst shuffle feature ever. Ugh, no, thank you.
3: It gives me the creepy chills. Ugh. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to roll it back just a little bit, because I'm very curious. So you got your pregnancy tests; they were positive. The guy on the hotline gave you a very warm congratulations. You go to get the blood work done. You are, you know, kind of there to have the procedure. Did they give you any results before the procedure? Like, did they say like, oh yeah, you're, you're pregnant or were they just like come back and then they were kind of rolling through the process and they walked in and they were like, you're not pregnant.
2: Yeah. I think they were rolling through the process because the blood test was processed overnight. And then of course the doctor got the results of the blood test Mm -hmm. and he came in. (laughs) I mean, they prepped me for it and everything. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's like seems like there's a better way for them to do that. That's really intense. I mean, that's that's such a heavy moment, uh, presumably in somebody's life. Um, Well, I'm glad um, maybe all that worked out for the best. Is that is that the way to put it? I I don't know. know, Yeah. I mean,
2: if I if I had had a kid with with my boyfriend at the time, I would have never moved to New York. I would have never met my husband you know, I wouldn't have the daughter that I have now. And oh my God, like, she is amazing. The, just the emotional process that I went through to get up on that table and to sleep, you know, go to sleep the night before knowing that I would potentially kill a life. You know, I mean, I've always been like, I I haven't given at that point in my life, I had not given a lot of thought of when does consciousness begin? Sure a fetus you know i just knew that i was nineteen, twenty, and it was not a viable option yeah for me at
3: all. yeah wow i mean that's um that's a lot to take on so at that point already at 19 or 20 you were already walking into homes and kind of letting no letting the energy there know like hey i'm jenna you know if you want to communicate with me please do it when i'm not on the toilet Um, or not sleeping. And I'm trying to remember because it's, you know, it's been a minute since we did our original interview. But I mean, it sounds like you've really had a life full of dealing with the supernatural in some form or fashion.
2: Yeah, a lot of the stuff that we touched on uh, in our in the previous episode happened, uh, like all the stuff with my family about you know, my uncle and knowing when my grandpa was gonna pass away and blah blah blah. Oh, like, that's
3: right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, um, my grandma coming to visit me. Like all that stuff happened in high school. Um and the the ghost in the car, the the girl in the car that happened much later, probably you know, 10 or so years later. Um oh yeah. And when I was in San Francisco, I had I, I call him the Grateful Dead dude, because that's that's what he looked like. I was um I was doing this summer program in San Francisco. And I was trying to make a really big decision um, as to whether to go back to grad school for the following year or to go on tour um with San Francisco, San Francisco Opera. And um, and so I was falling asleep and I think like the cat was batting something at the door, and that kind of woke me up a little bit. And I opened my eyes, and there's this dude standing at the foot of my bed. And he had like um, he had a white t-shirt on, and he had like gray hair that was sort of down to his shoulders and like a beard and his hair looked like it used to be blonde. You know, that kind of yellow tinge to to gray hair that some people have sometimes, or maybe he was a big smoker, I don't know. Um, Any of these glasses that were straight on the top and then they sort of rounded down at the bottom. And he had these really, really, really blue eyes. And in my head, I said, oh, they're here. And then I kind of like came to, I was like, oh, but they're not supposed to be here. And, and, and to this day, I don't know who they are.
1: Can I just, as a disclaimer to anyone starting to double their little toes into the spiritual community, sticking it into the pond of, is there a ghost in here when you walk into a house? I would like to say, it is not always the smartest to say, hey, y'all, I'm here and open for communication. Just not when I'm pooping or taking a shower. Like, that's not really the best way to go about it. It's, it's not the worst way. It's not the worst. You set a boundary and that's incredible. Good for you doing that intuitively, but overall, you're also saying I'm open and available for communication. So you are still inviting the energy to communicate with you. However, um, I'm one to taunt things also. So I don't know that I would say it's the worst thing to do, but it's definitely, you, you want to say like, this is my space and you claim it and and you, you don't tell it, it can talk to you. Tell it when it can talk to you rather than when it can't. That's what I would say. Also, they're here. So it was just him, but you said they.
2: Yeah. So I just saw the one, the one guy, huh. but, oh, they're here.
3: I don't want to jump into my story just yet, but it's interesting the way you describe that that experience, seeing something while you were falling asleep. So, you know, when when you wrote to me, you kind of mentioned how amazing it's been working with Catherine, and you know, this isn't a a propaganda arm of Catherine's abilities, but I do uh, obviously I I, um, ask Catherine to come on all the time, so I enjoy her just as a friend to co host with. And I find her to be, you know, uh, an honest person as far as as I can tell from our interactions. But what I would love to know if you're you feel comfortable sharing is like, how has working with, you know, what's presumably a trustworthy medium? How has that changed your life? You know, what 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 have those benefits been like? And, how do you see it kind of changing the way you interact with the spiritual world moving forward?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. So when I came to Catherine, I i mean, as a person, I think I, w- I was broken a little bit. Um, I've spent, you know, at that time, I, I'd been a mom for five years, invested myself as everybody does in in her and her needs. And, you know, I continue to do that. And I've always, I've been very fortunate to still be able to sing at some pretty reputable houses after becoming a mother, before becoming a mother. But I just felt like, not that I didn't know who I was, but like, I was just grasping at straws. And I'm like, well, I have interest in this and I have interest in that. And I think the course, I don't know if you advertised it as the pillar, Catherine.
1: Yeah. At the time it was a group program that we first worked together, right? Yep.
2: Yep. Yeah. And it was amazing. And, uh, it was a 12 week program. We covered different aspects. And I think, you know, originally it was kind of geared towards if you want to create your own business, you know, how to do that successfully and not just, it, it was, it was not about technical. Well, a few of them were about technical things, but mostly it was like, set your intention. Here's your daily practice. Um, make sure that you do that and keep that up even after the course. Um, the way you look at, like money, for example, and a big thing for me was getting rid of that lack mentality. Like, oh my gosh, well, you know, how how am I going to be able to do this if I don't have enough money or, you know, it's about changing your mindset or I've got to take this gig because I need the money. I don't want to do the gig. Um, but taking the gig will enable me to, you know, provide for my family and be a better mother, like get my head out of the home for a little bit. Um, so it was more like addressing issues and it like, I feel like Catherine, you gave us exercises that we could do that were, you know, you can see the progress being made. There's a lot of writing. There's a lot of journaling. There's a lot of exercises going on. And I think the woo -woo factor was kind of a, an added bonus. Because I've always sort of believed in that. And I was like, well, I'm just going to open myself up to it. So I didn't actually see Catherine's mediumship ability until our last session, like a month ago. And like, it went in a totally different direction. And all of that is so true. And I was like, holy shit. Like, it was just, it was absolutely incredible. The whole thing was just incredible on so many levels.
3: This episode of the Real Hauntings, Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey y'all, it's Noah Daniels, and oh boy, I just got my box of wild grain bread and pasta. My whole family has been so excited to dive in. We started with a sourdough, and it was amazing. If you're looking to make Mother's Day brunch planning easier or just looking for a great gift for your mom, you've got to check out Wild Grain. Order before May 6th to get your box in time for Mother's Day. Wild Grain is is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads fresh pastas and artisanal pastries every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less no thawing required the next thing up for us to try is the biscuits with our breakfast and you can now fully customize your wild grain box so you can choose any combination of breads pastas and pastries
0: shopify.com slash realm
3: one of the moments that has hit me the hardest on the podcast was an episode that Catherine was on co-hosting and i don't remember the the name of the episode unfortunately but it was somebody who was describing their deceased father and i've said stuff like this before on the podcast but i forget kind of that Catherine is a medium and you know I, I look at her as hey this is Catherine I I, I don't even though on my phone it does say Catherine dash medium but anyway I, I, and I saw her the channeling kind of go through her and she she kind of was like hey I've got something you know um and and she started telling this person all of these facts about their deceased father and to see the lights coming on inside of that person and them getting filled back up and filled with emotion. I and mean, I believe they started crying. That was a pretty wild thing to witness as somebody who, you know, wants to believe in the supernatural, right? That's like the whole thing at Real Hauntings. I, I just that has always stuck with me. And I think it's cool that she offers these variety of classes and gives people an opportunity to kind of experience um, what she's about, and hopefully, like you, it, it helped. And yeah, this is really cool. I feel like this is like a real full circle episode. And and it's uh, I appreciate both of you kind of bringing that together.
1: May yeah. I say on um, as far as mediumship is concerned, I think that what people see is the very um, the Teresa Caputo aspect of it, where she's just approaching people and she's a power of the medium. She's doing what she's doing. She really she's real. She's authentic but it's all for show, right? So when you are using mediumship and what you witnessed with with that guest, I can't quite remember her name. I'm terrible with names, but going through that, that's the healing that you're looking for with mediumship. That's the value. And when you're doing something with Jenna, like learning to express yourself worse and really like see that your your life is worth living and to like more than you ever thought you could take it in, you're able to almost crack through to people faster using intuition because they see once you know these intimate parts of them without them having to speak it, you skip that part where they have to get comfortable with you to divulge that. It's like, I don't want to call it therapy because that would be illegal, but it's it's essentially it's similar. You're able to jump in, dive deeper and get them to open up and feel more comfortable in a much safer environment. And, and that is that is why I do what I do. So thank you both of you for your very kind words. Very much appreciate that. And that's that's why we do it. So thanks.
3: Absolutely. Well, Jenna, before we jump into my little story, I'm going to share, is there anything else um, you would like to talk about?
2: I was just going to say because of my work with Catherine um, and, you know, maybe some other things as well, (laughs) but I I attribute it a lot to the work that we've done in the course. I feel like, you know, yes, it was really hard for a long time. I, I got it. I, got a lot of no's. I got a lot of, uh, pushback or whatever, but it just wasn't the right time. And I see that now. And now everything is now that I've changed my mindset, like everything is yes. Everything I'm going for is yes. Everything is like, Oh, you've been shortlisted to, you know, do the final round. And, you know, it's just really, it's really, really amazing. And I think about the, um, week 10 or so I started thinking this is what I want to do I want to do this as well not the I'm not going to advertise myself or even claim any of the intuitive or mediumship side I don't feel like that's appropriate for me um but you know as far as the work that we do on ourselves I've started my own coaching program as well thanks to Catherine and so that's just super exciting and it's opened up a whole new world
3: very cool yeah and I I want to hear your story (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, uh, it's fair to say I'm proud of you. That's, that's really cool. I think it's nice when good people get good things. So, yeah, with that, we'll transition to my, uh, it's crazy to even talk about this supernatural experience I had two weeks ago. So, my wife and I went, as I, I think I talked about in the podcast, we went to Las Vegas for Halloween. We went to the When We Were Young Music Festival, um, not the day that it got canceled, thankfully. And we spent Thursday, Friday, Saturday, flew back Sunday. So that Thursday night, we went to Fremont Street, which was so much fun. Came back home, uh, not home, went back to the hotel. We were staying at Mandalay Bay, uh, which I had never stayed at before. And then that next night, which was Friday, we went to a Halloween party, 80s and 90s themed at the Palms. A lot of fun. We both dressed up as Beetlejuice, which was was kind of fun. We you know we we like cosplay, so like we painted our faces and and did the whole thing. So that was a blast. So we go back to the hotel, hang out a little bit, go to bed. Um, and of course, we had like partied a little bit and whatnot. Um, so kind of went fast asleep didn't take too long. And then I woke up, and when I I'm a fairly light sleeper, it's not unusual for me to wake up in the middle of the night. And so I wake up. And I opened my eyes, and to my side is a little boy, um, oh, no. clearly dead. Uh, he did not look like a an alive child. You could tell that it was somebody had passed. He did, he looked weathered, um, tired, uh, not fully in color, uh, and I was horrified. And I I stared because it took me a minute to kind of process everything. And I also have sleep paralysis from time to time. I've never seen anything other than a spider. Uh, but I thought as the fear was setting in and I closed my eyes hard and so hard that I thought my corneas were gonna burst. Uh, I said, you know what, That's probably just sleep paralysis. I'm seeing a thing, things not there. And I opened my eyes back up and the kid was still there. Um he, he looked like uh he was from a different generation, like it, it didn't look modern, you know, as far as like his clothes. I don't want to just put uh you know a decade on where he came from because honestly, I don't know. I, I was so scared. I took in what I could take in, and then I closed my eyes again. My heart was racing and Of course, I thought about waking my wife up, but she's even more skeptical than JJ. So I knew that would be a fruitless adventure. Uh, And I was like, I rolled over. I was like, just going to go to sleep. I don't know what's happening. I'm going to go to sleep. Couldn't sleep, obviously. And this also made me aware this isn't sleep paralysis because during sleep paralysis, I cannot do all these things. Um, I just experience the thing. It passes and then, you know, whatever. So I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I was like, okay, I'm just, this isn't real. I'm just, I'm going to roll back over and look one more time. And just to prove to myself that I'm just whatever, you know, we went out that night, uh, we've been drinking, like this isn't real. And so I looked and he was there. Fuck. What I presume was his father uh, was there as well. Yeah and he He was like
1: yo dad this one's not moving he's not scared get him
3: yeah and he had his hand on his shoulder Uh, he was clearly from the same period of time that the child was from he also looked very like just kind of worn that's it's a weird thing to say about a person or a ghost but like just very unalive like it was very clear there was no life in these beings and i felt like I was a fish in a fish tank. Like it was very clear to me that they were not there to interact with me. They were just there and I was just there. Um, So I almost peed in the bed (laughs) and I was like, F this. And so I rolled over, closed my eyes really hard and eventually fell asleep. I, I was like, I am not opening my eyes again until I wake up in the morning. So, you know, I I find it interesting that it happened at the Mandalay Bay, although I I think probably all the hotels have had trauma to some varying level, uh, especially in Las Vegas. But obviously, we all know there was, you know, a pretty unfortunate event that took place at the Mandalay Bay. But I I don't think it was like people who passed away in that event because they just didn't they didn't fit that mold, you know. But yeah, so I that happened. And unlike the experience I had when I was a child, that you know, so much time has passed from that I mean, I'm in my mid 30s, I, you know, this was two weeks ago. So I I can definitely say that that experience happened. Now, can you poke holes in it? Sure. Uh, Well, did I go out that night? Yes. Was I in Vegas? Yes. So I, I, you know, I don't know the mind is a tricky thing. Yada, yada, yada. I mean, I'm just filling in the JJ gaps here. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it sure felt like a ghost. Whatever a ghost is, that felt like a ghost. I am still, uh, which you can probably hear in my voice, a little troubled by the experience. I haven't had anything else really <clears throat> happen since then. I, in our new house, I have been getting like some weird vibes, um, like kind of doors kind of slide open things like that but not like to the point where you're like that's a ghost you know it could just be like house stuff um
1: how long have you been in there
3: we have been here for maybe four months now something like that three months four months you're
1: still learning like the ins and outs of uh, yeah the natural settling and stuff i feel that
3: yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) what is really interesting obviously my two-year-old has no idea that um you know i do a paranormal podcast or anything like that he is obsessed with ghosts obsessed ah. and all he knows about ghost is what he has seen on this show on amazon called tom the tow truck there's a halloween episode
1: yes <laughs>
3: and then there is ricky zoom on netflix it also has a halloween episode where both very similar formulas it's a uh, characters dressed up like a ghost the creatures in the town are like oh my goodness a ghost and then you know the sheets pulled off and revealed and it's it's you know it's bob or whatever it's, it's not a ghost very scooby-doo-ish but yeah. in a more <laughs> like kid yeah kid friendly way but he's always talking about ghosts all the time he calls them ghost bikes after the ricky zoom ricky zoom is a, a bike so they're all ghost bikes to him anyway that's just kind of a, a side but so that happened i don't really know what to do about it. Nothing. Nothing, I presume. Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. So yeah.
2: Noah, can I ask um, the fear, the fright that you felt, could you pinpoint what the fear was from? Was it just something that is shock. out of the ordinary?
3: Yeah, it was real, it was shock. And, and and some of that comes from doing so many of these episodes. You know, a lot of these episodes are friendly to some degree, but a lot of them are scary to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, And to a lot of degree, sometimes. And you can only live in a world so long before it kind of becomes part of you, I think. And before this podcast, this was not something I invested in more than just watching like a horror movie from time to time or going to a haunted house with my wife, something like that. Nothing crazy. And now I'm in it. Like my friend group is (laughs) the supernatural people, you know? And I think that plays a part. I've always, you know, it's been documented on the podcast. I've always been very intuitive. I've had strange things happen. I had, an, you know, I've had a couple of ghost experiences uh, prior. Um, I've had some weird uh, deja vu stuff, I guess I would call it. Um, and I, just again, I've been very intuitive. I can meet somebody very quickly and just pick up vibes and have them telling me their whole life story you know, very cool. I just mm-hmm. always consider myself a Slytherin because that happens. But yeah, so I mean, that's that. And I just even now, like when I go to bed at night, I see those fucking ghosts that I saw at Mandalay Bay. And it's, I wish I could be more descriptive about what I saw. Like, I can still see it in my mind's eye. But it's like, I it's, it's hard to explain. Like, I, I just it it wasn't like they were in black and white, but they weren't in true color,
1: like a grayscale. Yeah, but they're almost transparent, but not fully transparent.
3: Yeah, yeah. And it was like a kid was. I think it messed with. It hits me hard because it was a kid, and I have they're such a scarier. close. Yeah, well, and I have such a close bond with my child. Like that's it's a very important thing to me, being like a good dad, and it's my little best friend. And like seeing this ghost kid. It just like, it scared the shit out of me. It broke my heart and again, scared the shit out of me. And I just wanted it to go away. You know, I didn't want to interview it. I wasn't breaking out the microphone. <laughs> being like, Hey, tell the world, how'd you get here? You know? Um, yeah, it just felt too real. I guess that's the best way to put it. It just, this podcast is like things feel distant because we're on zoom one. Um, but it's just like it's stories, you know. I, I'm a storyteller. I love interviewing people, so it just feels like part of a craft I enjoy. This felt too re- like it was just boom, right there, just mm. r- uh, undeniably. Three different times I looked at it, and 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 seeing the adult man was it, like the icing on the what the fuck cake, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it was very clear they weren't there to harm me. I, I didn't feel that it was just like they were there and they were just staring. you were just were they
1: looking at you or like over you or like through you?
3: At me. Yeah. Their heads were tilted, yeah. their eyeballs. They're looking were, at you. Yeah. I mean, I made eye contact with the kid. That's when I really like it
1: put
2: yes,
3: yeah. it
1: like pulls your soul out yeah. of your body, and you're like, I don't want to do this. I've had that experience twice. And I do this as a, pr- because I don't look for it. I don't look for it. I look yeah. to debunk it. I don't want to be scared. Yeah. But yeah, that's a, to be fair. Mine was also a ghost child and I punched it. So I, <laughs> I have much better instincts than I do. <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel sadness. I just hit that shit and it did not go anywhere.
3: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm such an empath. I take on, you know, the emotions and, that, and I think that's why I say, Eric, and I'm kind of coming to this as I talk about it. I haven't like put a ton of like rehearsed thought into it but it it did it just seemed dead you know and, and i don't know it's just a weird it's almost like an um it had more life than like a zombie in a zombie movie you know but it was like somewhere in between like all of us sitting here and uh something mindless you yeah. know
2: did the eyes have color or were they colorless
3: the ghost itself wasn't colorless. It just veered towards gray, if that makes sense. Like in my mind, at least that's like what I see when I think about it. You know, that that could be a place where my mind is kind of filling in the gaps too a little bit, mm-hmm. but it was just very, very dark. And um, yeah, I mean, there wasn't a lot of color to it, but it, it, it there was enough color that it did resemble a human, but not mm-hmm. enough to where I was like, uh call the police. There's a kid in the room, you know. Like I clearly was like, this is supernatural, something, you know, ghosty. Did
1: yeah. you tell your wife?
3: I did that morning, yeah. First thing. And she just yeah. kind of looked at me perplexed, and she was like, uh, ah, you know, we had a long night.
2: <laughs> You've been doing this podcast too long. It's yeah.
3: <laughs> she would have to be the one to see it to believe yeah. in ghosts. I mean, she just
2: that's what
1: happened to my husband. And then he was like, Nope, done. I get yeah. it. It's over. I mean- <laughs>
3: yeah so that's my ghost story um it is wild and this is the first time i've told it so this is what will air on the podcast i'm also going to do like a little not a not a one thing about me thing again on tiktok but i am going to share it on on tiktok because i do think it's something with that's that you know it's kind of worth you sharing should. on there but i don't know what to make of it i mean i don't want it to ever happen again i know that
2: say if i can quote you catherine I texted Catherine like in the middle of the night, my time, which is during the day, your time. And I was like, what do you do when ghosts follow you to the bathroom at night? And she goes, oh, you get used to it.
1: <laughs> Sounds like something I would say. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like,
2: not helpful, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's pretend it's your kids. You never pee alone again. It's <laughs> over. Exactly. Ghosts, children, dogs, they're everywhere. It's fine. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Ours has been setting uh setting our smoke detector off here. It's not uh, your cooking.
2: No, I don't cook.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, like, with what I could see while you were explaining that, it felt more old-timey for sure, but what I was getting, I like to put numbers to things just to see if what I see matches up with, like, the real history of things, because I'm a total nerd. Um, And what was coming up for me was, like, um, the 1850s. And if you look into Nevada history, in the 1850s, that's, there was like a huge Mormon settlement. And there's, I I just think it's interesting that when you have spirits who- They totally looked
3: Mormon, 100%. So
1: sorry. So it it just, what I was getting was like the confusion over um, like the, he can see us. Like, that's like, you were almost, I just got chills being looked at as like a, like a specimen almost like, Mm -hmm. why can he see us? And I so get that because I I, that was like the kid that was on the bed at my mom's house staring at me like this bitch can see me and I punched it so that was motherly and then it was over and he was still there too after I hit it and I was like this is really weird. And and still like that was right before I figured out what I was doing and started doing it intentionally but it it scares the crap out of you I don't blame you for being scared.
3: Yeah, interesting. You said Mormons because that that would make sense. Because I was thinking like twenties, but I couldn't quite place. Like it didn't quite feel like nineteen twenty. You know what I mean? So that's why I was. I didn't want to put a specific time on it yeah. because I didn't. It just. It, I just couldn't. They but... would have
1: dressed older anyway.
3: Exactly. More yeah.
1: conservatively. Yeah. Yeah,
3: but Mormon. For that's sure. um. That's nail on the head. <sighs> um. Mm. All right. Well, I'm freaked out. Um. Yeah. Uh, oh, thanks for
1: listening to Real Hauntings today. Yeah,
3: exactly, <laughs> Catherine. How has uh, your coffee expose been going on your podcast?
1: Coffee and Conjurings, people are loving it. They are loving like hearing normal stories about intuition and how to use it. It's been incredible. I wasn't able to record this week. If you can tell, my throat is all messed up. My voice is kind of funky and uh, it didn't happen, but it has been incredible. We're talking about dreams. We're talking about intuition. We're talking about taking care of your spiritual energy. Maybe I'll do one on traveling and keeping spirits away from you, Um, but it's been really powerful and a lot of people are listening and murder and mediumship just surpassed the hundred thousand downloads mark. So that was really, exciting. that's
3: really Thanks. awesome.
1: That feels like I'm Absolutely. a real podcast now. <laughs> yeah, you
3: are a real podcast. You're a real person. Uh, as Yo. my kid would tell me, um, he told me, <laughs> did I, t- I don't, did I tell you guys what he told me about young knees? Did I tell you that? No. Okay. This will be the last aside, but so we were in the car the other day and I was telling him how old I am. And, you know, I'm not that old. I'm in my mid thirties, but he just heard the word old when I was like, I'm X amount years old. Right. Cause he only knows two. He thinks everybody's two. Right. Uh, and he goes, <laughs> we're driving home from daycare and he goes, dad, you have young knees. It's okay. You have young knees. <laughs> and I just like looked in the mirror back at him and I just, I was laughing so hard. I was like snorting. And I was like, what? And then he started laughing. He loves when he gets me in like a laughing fit like that. And then he started laughing really hard. And he started singing on Dada has young knees. Dada has young oh. knees. Dada has young knees. So oh, was,
1: funny. Oh I don't know
3: so where cute. in the world he picked up that phrase. Like that is so no clue, cute. clue. But that was who cool.
1: the hell knows what half these kids learn their shit from. I put my two-year-old in timeout the other day and he tried to take his pull-up off and run around the house naked as his response to it. I'm like Grand yeah. time out. That does not mean get naked. <laughs> what's happening here?
3: <laughs> that's a, you, that's he's gonna real. get
1: arrested. He's gonna rip his pants off. Like, <sighs>
3: that's really funny. Happening? Oh, that's hilarious. Well, Jenna, are you still currently performing in Australia? Are you still singing or um
2: oh, I am. I'm sorry, my cat's like meow, meow, meow. Oh, okay. uh yes, yeah, I am. I'm I'm sort of I'm doing lots of different things right now, but singing, yes, definitely. Uh personal development coaching and voice teaching and all that fun stuff yeah
3: and how can our audience get in contact with you if they want to learn more about that
2: uh, so i'm on instagram at uh, jenna black sopra s-o-p-r-a short for soprano and i'm getting my personal development um coaching instagram curated and that is this is jenna elaine e-l-a-i-n-e
3: well audience I have a favorite ask of you. Remember, our email is realhauntingspodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we're on Instagram and TikTok as realhauntingspodcast. We need more stories. And while I am happy to reach out and pull people in yeah. to share their stories, I know you guys love you being the audience when people from the audience share their stories because they're times can be very authentic and surprise us all with with amazing stories so if you're sitting there you're listening this going, man i really want to let no one know i want to share my story do it reach out most of you make it on the podcast <laughs> you know it's a small family we've got so let's keep it going um and with that i would love for you to to do the outro with me if you're up for it with that i'm noah daniels
2: i'm Catherine, and i'm jenna <laughs>